welcome fellow lighting nerds and friends to The Light Files, the lighting industry's podcast. My name is Lisa Bartlett. Thank you for joining me again. It's always my pleasure to record this. I uh, have to admit, I am recording this episode on Monday, September 20th. Uh, It will release tomorrow, Tuesday, September 21st. Normally, I try to have the podcast recorded uh, by Fridays, uh, the week before, for the Patreon supporters. The 50 listener challenge is still ongoing, and one of the benefits of the Patreon support is that you get early access to the episodes, um, usually on Friday afternoons, right after I record and edit them. (laughs) Uh, Not so this week. (laughs) I'm going to talk a little bit about that this episode and and a few other things uh, that have been on my mind. Um, But thank you so much for the Patreon supporters of the Light Files podcast. I really appreciate it. Um, 50 listener challenge, again, still ongoing. And um, I really appreciate those of you taking the two minutes it takes to go over, subscribe to the podcast. And I um, very much appreciate everyone for listening and sharing this podcast and rating reviewing, subscribing, all of the things. So thank you so much. So the first thing I wanted to talk about this week is, I guess we could big picture it as work-life balance, (laughs) but uh, in some ways it's, it's a little different than that. Okay. So well, actually, I was just on Instagram before I started recording this, and I found a post, um, I think I've mentioned here before that I like to watch like Uh, shows related to entrepreneurship and like Shark Tank or The Profit or things like that. I just, uh, I find them very interesting to see different business people and different takes on how they operate and run a business and what they view as the most important thing to succeed. I think we can all learn a lot from that. But um, so I follow on Instagram, Kevin O'Leary of Shark Tank. And, you know, he's a, I would say he's a pretty controversial fellow in terms of his philosophies. He's, he's pretty tough and not always in uh, a way that is well appreciated. But uh, this post he put up on Instagram said, working 24 hours a day isn't enough anymore. You have to be willing to sacrifice everything to be successful, including your personal life, your family life, maybe more. If people think it's any less, they're wrong and they will fail. Gosh, and just with the thoughts going through my mind this morning as I'm belatedly recording this and really thinking about work-life balance for me and the different uh, missions I have, not only to run a successful independent lighting showroom, but to be a uh, volunteer on a pretty hefty basis for the Lighting Showroom Association. And then, you know, being a wife and mom and those things, it's, um, yeah, I don't know. That really... (laughs) (laughs) That really hit me. Um, I had, just so y'all know maybe why I'm recording this a little late. Well, if you follow me personally on Instagram at Lisa Light's Life, you know that uh, my husband and I were off camping this weekend. That is definitely our pandemic hobby. (laughs) Uh, We, my husband always liked to camp. I'm not so much a nature kind of girl, Um, but we, uh, compromised on this travel trailer that we have and we go camping in it. And I've come to really enjoy the peace and quiet of those times. We don't, 
we do take our computers and tablets, but we don't have a uh, sorry, a television in the travel trailer. And I really enjoy our time together. And the time really helps me to reset my brain. <laughs> so, so I did take full advantage of that this weekend. Um, which is why the podcast wasn't recorded sooner. And normally I try to record it before we go on such an outing, but it's been a really heavy workload at the showroom the past month. And I see a whole nother month of that upcoming and not just because of sales, which is great, but the biggest workload I'm facing is just this wave of administrative tasks, mostly having to do with all of these price increases. And sometimes on in a regular year, if there's a price increase, well, we've already been through with some manufacturers, two of those, and we're going on number three just for this calendar year. Uh, regular, let's call them annual or semi-annual price increases tend to be a percent, two percent, three percent on the high end, five percent. So definitely something you want to get processed through your showroom and your price tags very, very quickly. But this year, uh, but there's a little wiggle room. If the price increase is a percent and you don't have the tags done the very next day, it's not going to absolutely torpedo your showroom sales margins. It's not ideal, but it's not devastating. The price increases where we're at now, some of them are 10%. Some of them are as can be upwards of 12, 15%. And this is, this is death to margins in a lighting showroom, depending on the discount level of the customer buying the goods. Um, or even, gosh, even if they're just a retail customer, if that, um, if that price increase is missed on the cost of goods, uh, it's, it's pretty devastating right now. I, and I understand that the price increases are coming because manufacturers are facing that same pressure on their end. Like, I'm not really complaining about that, but I am saying I am personally and just in my anecdotal talks with other lighting showrooms, I'm drowning a little bit in this administrative work that I can hardly seem to keep my head above water. It's mid well, end of September now. Uh, there's a whole other round of price increases coming October 1st. It's just a lot to keep up with, and I'm trying to figure out a way to delegate the workload and get it all handled while also keeping my salespeople selling. Um, that's always been important to me that my salespeople are salespeople first and administrative tasks come secondarily. And so I want to pick up the slack on administrative work so that they can sell. Um, that's always just been like, you know, you know that's just always been my personal strategy at the showroom. I don't know if it's the best strategy, but, but it is the one that, uh, I have been doing for many years now. So, um, yeah, so I have just been a little bogged down with all of that stuff. And I know, and I know lots of other people have too. Yeah. It's been kind of a struggle to, to keep everything going uh, the way I would normally operate because I get one thing done and something else happens. And, you know, I'm still a business owner and have to take care of my, you know, my primary business first, no matter how much I love doing the podcast or the LSA work, um, you know, the showroom work always comes first because um, it has to, because it pays the bills. So anyway, that going back to that 
Instagram post I read from Kevin O'Leary, I do have to say that's definitely a school of thought that I know a lot of people buy into. And I think uh, in a lot of ways, uh, sadly, it is true. And I think that's probably something that I struggle with. And I think a lot of us do and maybe can be a hindrance on success sometimes when you just don't want to sacrifice everything in life to get all of the things. Um, and maybe coming from a female perspective, um, it's even harder than it would be for guys, you know, to do that, to like go all in and put the business above everything else. But it's definitely a, a real challenge that I face sometimes keeping it all appropriately balanced making sure I get my downtimes that I am a sane person. And, you know, just God's honest truth. I go through, I'm the same as everybody else listening to this podcast. Um, sometimes life is great and working perfectly. And sometimes life is tough. And, and I'm talking like personal life in marriages, uh, with children, with family, with friends, Sometimes there are things going on outside of your work commitments and work responsibilities that really weigh heavy on your mind or on your soul or make it really hard for you to be as fully engaged in your business and work as you want to be because there's other things going on. And I definitely know for me, I tend to pull back in times like that and just make sure I'm knocking out my core responsibilities and my core tasks um, because I don't have the bandwidth in my brain to devote to everything when I have these other things going on. And I think that's probably why that post from Kevin O'Leary really resonated with me. I know for the past week or so, I have been pulled back from my, let's call them extracurricular commitments, um, because I've had a lot going on mentally on other topics and I'm like, when I read that, I'm like, my goodness, am I, <laughs> am I just failing? <laughs> because I can't always 100% put all of that stuff before my own happiness and the happiness of those closest to me. It's just something that I struggle with and I worry about. And um, yeah, I just sits in my brain in a challenging way sometimes. So if anyone else ever experiences that where you feel like uh, you're just barely keeping up with the flow, not only in times like this with all of this administrative work in our showrooms, but just, you know, in a normal time where it's just like you feel like you can hardly keep your head above water because of everything going on, not just at work, but outside of work. I guess my big admission in all of this is to to tell us all that we're not alone <laughs> and we all experience those times. Um, I, for one, have a hard time knowing that and seeing that um, because of what I do and I'm so busy all the time. It's hard to know that other people might be going through this too. So I just kind of like to share my personal experience so that uh, maybe it helps somebody else who's like, gosh, I'm really feel like I'm drowning here and don't know what to do. So I do apologize if you can hear a dog growling in the background. It's trash collection day and she is just not happy with the trash man right now. So <laughs> um, I'll edit as much out as I can. So the other thing I wanted to talk about this week is a paper on data requirements that the Lighting Showroom Association, and primarily all credit goes to Kirsten uh, Reese of 
black whale lighting and home or black whale home. Sorry, Kirsten in, um, San Diego. Kirsten has really devoted a lot of great time to putting this document together. Lighting Shoreham Association members will be receiving a copy of it, um, hopefully later today. Um, this document, it's, it's on data requirements. It talks about many of the things that we have discussed here on this podcast and, um, just how critical accurate data and information is to our business operations as independent lighting showrooms. Going back to this administrative struggle I talked about at the top of the episode, um, one of the biggest hindrances to the administrative work going smoothly and properly is a lack of data and a lack of good data and quality data. When it's not right, it makes that administrative work so much more time-consuming and challenging, and we're already barely getting by. (laughs) So I'm going to share with you all some of the uh, data requirements and recommendations that we're making from the Lighting Showroom Association to the lighting industry as a whole, and this is really important. Um, And Kirsten said in her document that the independent lighting showroom is only as professional and reliable as the data we use. And, you know, stand up and cheer for that. That is absolutely correct. We are small businesses. We are independent businesses. Um, Unlike uh, Mr. O'Leary of Shark Tank, we maybe have not sacrificed our entire families to... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to do what we do every day. So um, it's, it is a lot to keep up with. And in order for us to be successful at it, uh, we have to have good input, good data in. We'll, I always say, you know, if you give me good information in, I'm going to give you good information back out. But bad information in leads to bad information out. And that really is what hurts the independent lighting showroom channel of distribution. When we don't have good quality inputs, we are giving out bad information to our customers, to our employees. Um, and it can really put us in a bind when it comes to margins and keeping up our margin of sale. It, um, it, in so many ways, bad data can really kill the success of an independent lighting showroom. I know I talk about this a lot, but it's because it's near and dear to my heart and it is such a truism. (laughs) And if you come work in an independent lighting showroom for just even a few days, you will see this in person, how critical good data is to our operations and how noticeable it is when the data is bad and all of the cascading effects that can have across the business. So 90% of lighting showrooms use a third-party resource for their manufactured data. Third-party resource being ExoLights, Lights America. And whenever there is insufficient data, everything is slowed down in the showroom from price tags to quotes to spec sheets to purchase orders. Uh, Everything is slowed down when that data is not there. And we have basic data needs in the showroom. The biggest being that the data aligns with the American Lighting Association's data standard that was developed on purpose. (laughs) All the columns in that data sheet are there for a reason, and they are very important. 
in the lighting showroom. And I always say this to my staff, like sometimes it seems uh, maybe we're taking extra notes on an order or putting in extraneous information. And yeah, maybe 90% of the time you're not going to need to be able to pull up that UPS tracking number, um, like lightning speed. But I tell you what, when you need that information, it is so handy to have it right there and nothing gives a better customer experience than having all the information available right when it's needed. It's so, so critical. I can't tell you how many times I've seen that ALA data sheet um, in the form of like price guides come across that Excel file and it's barely filled out. And the columns are all important. (laughs) They all mean something to us in the lighting showroom. Uh, Maybe they don't always mean something in the manufacturer's world, but in the showroom world, it absolutely does. And going along with all of that data and all the columns, images. We really need product images. Uh, As Kirsten said, it can't be sold if it can't be seen. It is so true. And we try the best to purchase our displays in showrooms so that when a customer comes in to see a product, uh, we at least have something similar to maybe what they want on display. Like that's definitely the strategy there, but it doesn't always work. Uh, we can't fully mind read on what customers are going to want. So uh, yeah, if you, we can't even pull up a picture of it on the internet to bl- blow up or show the finish in detail, we're not going to be able to sell the product. Um, it's just so the images are so important and, um, I'm a lights America customer at my showroom. I do not know how XO does this, but on lights America's platform, um, until the images are there, the information is only available on the back end, um, on the administrative side for, um, like us, us to view in the showroom, but it's not on like the public facing website. And again, without the images, uh, having some, you know, descriptions of dimensions of a product is not, uh, is not the most ideal. So those of you that work in showrooms know all of the ways that we use, um, data and why it's so important. And I can't wait to get this article published, Um, so that it can hopefully sink in for everyone how important. But um, we did come up with um, some industry recommendations that we believe are critical to successful independent lighting showroom operation. I'm not going to share them all here, but I am going to talk about um, two of them at least. Well, I did kind of talk about one, um, but I'm going to talk about two of them at least that are really important. The number one is that price changes, we need at least four weeks before the effective date so that these third-party providers that so many of us use for our data have time to scrub the data and do what they need to do to get it uploaded into their systems. And the more regular we all are, with how we share this information. And again, I believe we should be using the ALA data standard spreadsheet. The more consistent everyone is with using that spreadsheet, filling out all the fields, you're going to make the scrubbing time for XO lights and lights America. We're going to shrink that tremendously because they will know, always know what they have to look for and what they need to tweak to import that data into their systems. 
That's really, really critical. And the other important factor there is this one about images that I just talked about. So I won't review it again, but that is critical that timely data, at least four weeks before it takes effect, getting to these third-party companies, complete data and images. If we had that as showrooms every time there was one of these changes, all of that heartache and stress I talked about at the top of the episode could be diminished significantly. And it would allow us to run more successful business, more profitable businesses. And, um, you know, that benefits all of us in the industry, the more that showrooms are able to be successful and thrive. Um, one other point that, um, seemed really important to me that I want to stress here is talking about, uh, notice of having IMAP holidays and not doing a price increase during an IMAP holiday, both equally important things. I have noticed lately that information on IMAP holidays is just trickling out. We barely get notice from some manufacturers. Some manufacturers don't give notice at all of IMAP holidays to lighting showrooms. Um, and you know, some people you get notice like a day or two before, um, we all know that those aren't being done that quickly. The IMAP holidays are planned for. Um, so showrooms should really have at least a, a month's worth of notice before an IMAP holiday so that whatever internal strategies each showroom employs to deal with IMAP holidays can be put into place and we're not scrambling around last minute. And maybe some showrooms do nothing, but a lot of showrooms do pay attention to IMAP holidays and try to use them successfully within their own businesses. And when you remove that information from us, it's bad information in, bad information out, and showrooms look silly, quite honestly, when we don't have that information in a timely manner. It's super, super critical. So LSA members, um, I can't wait for you to see this full document that Kirsten put together. She did an outstanding job on it. Um, she's so committed to, to this mission and the success of independent lighting showrooms. Um, I, I'm just really pleased with how this came out and all of the work on her part. So thank you again, Kirsten Reese. We really appreciate you. Okay, I'm running a bit long. The dogs have been going haywire. So that's it for this week. Thank you for bearing with me on my delayed release. And I look forward to talking to you next time. Everyone take care.